Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As a speaker at the youth gathering, I was asked to write a paragraph about myself that would be shared on the app. Now, condensing who you are, your experiences, the things you're passionate about, all of those kinds of things into one little paragraph isn't the easiest thing in the world. Of course, I didn't really overthink it because it wasn't a huge deal. It was like, okay, I got to put something down so that people can look at it and go, is this somebody I even want to go listen to or not, right? That's pretty much all that it was there to do. But consider if you were to try to do that for Jesus, all right? You want to condense what you need to communicate about Jesus into one paragraph. (laughs) Could you do it? I mean, there are entire books that are thousands of pages long dealing with trying to detail Jesus. And yet we don't have to worry too terribly much about this because we already have a really wonderful explanation of who Jesus is and the things that are most important to know about him that's been handed down to us from the church generation after generation after generation. Every Sunday, we use the creeds, right? And they tell us, here's who Jesus is, here's what Jesus did, and here's what it matters about that. So uh, today in the Apostles' Creed, we said, And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Now, does that tell you everything there is to know about Jesus? Well, hardly. That, that is inexhaustible, right? But does that tell you the important things, the most important things to know about Jesus? Absolutely. Jesus is the Christ. He's the one promised by God to be the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus was conceived by by a virgin by the Holy Spirit so he could be born with a sinless nature, not inheriting the sinful nature of a human father. Jesus was, uh, he suffered, he died, he rose again, he ascended to his rightful throne in heaven, he's coming back to judge the living and the dead. All of those things are the most important things to know. And that's condensing 33 years of his life, earthly life plus an eternal existence that he is pre-incarnate time, right? So Jesus is God from before time began. And Jesus, as the God-man, exists infinitely into the future as well. And yet this concise statement sums it up pretty well. Now, if you're going to write your own life story in as few words as possible, how many do you think you might need? Could you do it in a hundred? Well, If I counted correctly, the number of words we use for Jesus in the Apostles' Creed is only 71. So I'm taking you down at least to 71. That's all you get, right? Well, how about this? How about if I could tell you my life story in three words? I am baptized. There you go. 
That's it. That's the most important thing to know about me. The thing that determines who I am and whose I am and what I'm going to be about. There's a wealth of information in just those three words. I am baptized. And, and Paul writes to the Colossian congregation as they, they have all of these other voices telling them that Jesus is a good starting point, but you got to get beyond Jesus. Jesus is a good place to start, but you got to have this, this special knowledge that comes on top of that. Or Jesus is a good starting point, but you've got to go back to the Old Testament law and you've got to keep all of these old ceremonial laws in order to really be called a child of God. And Paul says, you never move beyond Jesus. You never move beyond Jesus. You don't contribute to your own salvation. In Jesus, you have everything. He is true wisdom. He is eternal. He is all-powerful, and he is the image of God. He is the one who's done everything for our salvation. You don't move beyond him, but you do want to be more deeply rooted in him. In this section, in Colossians chapter 2, Paul not only reminds the Colossian congregation who Jesus is and what he's done, he then says, and by the way... (laughs) That's now where you're going to find your identity as well. And really, it's no small thing to know who you are, is it? To have your identity? There's so much confusion in the world today that stems from not having an identity, looking for an identity, searching for an identity. You know, people will spend hours on social media crafting an identity, right? I want people to think of me in this way, and so I'm going to put out certain things that will help, help craft the way in which people think about me. But the, the funny thing is, as they're crafting the way other people are going to think about them, they're actually shaping the way that they think about themselves in the process. Teenagers struggle with not really knowing who they are, but it's not just teenagers, is it? Midlife crisis. We have uh, heard about those things for a long time. It's, it continues into adulthood where people don't really have a sense of identity. Who am I? You, get, you retire and then your, your job is gone and you say, well, now who am I? What am I supposed to be all about? The issues our society is seeing with people who see their, their gender as separate from the sex they were born with. These things stem from a lack of identity, of, of searching for a place where you can belong. Living in search of an identity is exhausting, and it is soul-crushing. But St. Paul tells the Colossians, and he tells us, you don't have to live in search of an identity. You can live from an identity. You can know who you are, and that's going to then determine a whole lot about what you do. He writes, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him, you also were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him 
in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Do you see how many times it says in him, in him, in him, in him, with him, with him, right? And what happens in baptism? (laughs) You're united with Jesus. You are in him. You are with him. So what's your life story? Well, in baptism, you were brought into a covenant relationship with God. In baptism, you were buried with Jesus. You were united with Jesus in his death. In baptism, your old sinful self died. In baptism, you were raised with Jesus through faith. He powerfully worked faith in your heart, and he is powerfully at work in your life. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but those things don't define you any longer because Jesus took them all to the cross, paid for them in full, and now you are a new creation in Christ. In the person of Jesus, your sin was nailed to the cross. Jesus died with it there, paid for it in full. So Satan can't come along and tell you, any longer that you are defined by your sin or say that you don't live up to what God would have you be because you already know you don't live up to what God would have you be and those sins don't define you any longer because they've been taken away from you. And God has said, you are holy. You are my child. All of the things that were true of you are no longer true of you. Now you are a child of God. Through baptism, you died, and you were raised, and you are a new creation in Christ. And that's, that's what it means to say, I am baptized. When you say, I am baptized, you're saying, I'm a child of God. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a new creation through the powerful working of the Holy Spirit. I can live a new life because... God has made me holy. I'm going to do the work God has given me to do because that's way, way more important than anything I could ever do for God. I'm baptized. I belong to God. I belong. I'm part of his family. And listen, this is not mere symbolism, right? You notice Paul does not write, it is as if you were buried with Christ in baptism. He doesn't say that. He says, having been buried with him in baptism. It's a historic event, a thing that took, time, it took place in time and history. You, in baptism, you were united with Jesus. You died and you were raised. I am baptized. Those are words that were so comforting to Martin Luther. When he was going through just absolute anguish, when he was under spiritual attack, when depression set in, when he was just at his lowest, he would, he would take those words, he would write them down, and he would look at them, and he would remind himself. Now, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what my circumstances are. This is true. 
I am baptized. I'm a child of God. And nothing can take that away from me. He could hold on to who he was in Christ. And we can do the same. In baptism, in Christ, we've got an identity to live from. In Christ, there's a way we go about things. We're going to talk more about that next week. But we know who we are, and so we know what we're going to be about. In, in some churches, the, uh, the baptismal font kind of gets set off to the side, and then we bring it out when there's a baptism, and then once the baptism's done, you kind of ship it off to the side again because you don't need it again until the next baptism. But we got it like right there as you're coming in. And it's not there as you're coming in just to be a hindrance to you, right? Oh, here's another obstacle we got to walk around. And it's not because we're, we have loads of space and so we could just put things wherever and it's no big deal. It's there purposefully, right? Because we want you to come in and the first thing that you see is this baptismal font that reminds you, I'm a child of God. This is my family. God has claimed me. God has washed me. I am a sinner. But I'm a sinner saved by the blood of Jesus. We need that reminder, don't we? We need it when we come to church, but we need it every day. So the catechism reminds us to remember our baptism by confessing our sins and remembering that they've been paid in full. Confessing our sins and being sent by the Lord as a new creation in Christ. In fact, Let's go ahead and turn in our hymnals real quick. Get your hymnal, open it up, page 325. I love that we have the catechism at the beginning of the hymnal here. It's really nice. Okay, so page 325. And we have the entire uh, small catechism here. But we're going to be looking at the section on holy baptism, the fourth part. So... In the hymnal, if you look at page 325, lower right-hand corner, okay, the fourth part, I'll read the part in italics, and then let's all join together in reading the part that follows. What does such baptizing with water indicate? It indicates that the old Adam in us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires. And that a new man should daily emerge and arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. That's living from an identity. That's knowing who you are and whose you are. You're a baptized child of God. You can always go back to the Heavenly Father and confess your sin and receive forgiveness. And he will forgive and forgive and forgive and empower you. To live as what he has made you to be. One made new by Jesus. I am baptized. That's my life story right there. God claimed me. He washed me. He remade me. I died with Jesus. I was raised with Jesus. I am saved. And now I'm able to live for him. And so are you. Through baptism, you are a child of God. You were washed. You were brought into the covenant relationship with God. You died. You were raised. All of those sins were cleansed. You are a new creation in Christ. 
live each and every day from that truth. You know who you are, and you know whose you are in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.